Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is entitled Dead Man Stomp, and it was written by Mark Morrison. Our GM for this scenario is Jen Coulter, and I'll be giving the recap. I won't be giving the recap. Josh will be giving the recap uh, as his character, Bill Banks. Uh, this is episode five. So, that being said, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Josh? Listen, boys, you ain't going to believe this. No, not in all the years I've been pulling jobs have I ever come across something like this. Yeah, look, order me another beer and I'll fill you in. So this guy's Scrivener, right? Yeah, he's an eccentric fellow, but the guy pays well enough, so any you, one of you mugs would have looked past it. So initially he sends out to, us out to chase after what we think is just a shipment of missing rum. Turns out what we're really after is this guy named Leroy Turner and his jazz horn. Yeah, I said his horn. No, the instrument. Get your head out of the gutter. Anyways, so this ain't no ordinary horn. You guys heard that new jazz hit, Dead Man Stomp? Yeah, well, whenever this Leroy guy plays it, the dead start walking around. You calling me a liar? Look, you want me to finish the story or not? All right. So we track this guy down at a funeral he's playing. And just like I said, he starts playing that damn song, and the guy in the casket busts out as, if it, as though he was never dead in the first place. Well, it's at that moment I see that scumbag Joey the Rat take off, and me and our old buddy Big Jail, we were able to catch up to him and shake him down with, for some information. So it seems there's been a bit of a war room between the Bonados and Mr. Scrivener for quite some time now. So you boys stay sharp out there. Don't get caught up in all that nonsense. But we'll get back to the Bonados. So we let the rat go, and we catch back up with this mystical trumpet man who seems damn near as shaken as the rest of the crowd. He agrees to come back with us to, to Scribner's to help sort out this mess. Well, we're waiting outside of Scribner's office, and this Turner guy starts spinning some tale about a mysterious jazz man from New Orleans who just happened to pass off this one-of-a-kind horn as a gift. Like, we're supposed to believe that. And then I notice some eerie-looking symbols glowing on the side of the horn. I'm telling you, boys, there's something real fucked up about this whole situation. But I'm thinking, honestly, who cares? Scribner wants a horn. I want to get paid and be done with this mess. Well, turns out it ain't all that simple. See, we get inside to see Scribner, and the jazz man doesn't want to give up the horn. Scribner's offering a stupid amount of money, and the fool won't give it up. So it gets heated for a second, but Scribner lets Turner walk, and one of our boys gets a stubborn asshole. But get this. As we're walking out, we notice Scribner's got a book full of those same symbols, just like we saw on the horns. Turns out they're Egyptian hieroglyphics or some shit. So we stop by the university to check out what all this means, but all we're able to dig up from the professors that those symbols translated to, there's no rest at the judgment place. What the fuck's that supposed to mean? Creepy stuff, if you ask me. So get this. I catch back up with the rest of the crew, and out of nowhere, we see Leroy just casually meandering down the street. Maybe he's headed to a gig, who knows? What I do know is this fucking car comes tearing down the road and a couple of guys grab Leroy to speed off. Well, that guy and his horns are a meal ticket. So you know we ain't gonna let that go. So we take off after the guys. We run the boys down in the warehouse just outside of town and inside we find Joey the Rat, Archie Bonato, one of the Bonato henchmen, and Leroy. Well, obviously this Bonato fellow wants to see and test out the horn for himself. Ends up instructing the rat to blow away one of his own boys and have Leroy try and bring him back. Well, at this point, we've seen this movie before. And sure as shit, the corpse gets off the ground and goes after Joey. Well, in all of this confusion, one of the ladies we've been running with, you might have heard of her, Trixie Love, decides to open fire on the crew. Well, boys, I'll tell you this much. 
if there's one thing I've learned over the last few days, it's that Trixie is not the dame you want to fuck with. And she blew Archie Bonato away without a second thought. Well, it's hard to call what happened next much of a fair fight. We got the jump on him after all. And before you know it, we're looking at a pile of bodies on the warehouse floor. Well, thing about this whole scenario is that son of a bitch Turner took off in all this confusion. Luckily, one of our associates, Sam Bowie, knew where Turner lived. So we head over there to put an end to all this mess. And we then find Leroy, but a quick search of his place and a conversation with one of his neighbors revealed the jazz man had recently lost a loved one, a longtime girlfriend. And that's when it clicked, boys. A jazz man with a horn that could bring back the dead, having just lost a loved one? There's only one place he could be headed. So we rush over to the graveyard and find Turner. As you might expect, the jazz man goes to bring that trumpet to his lips, and Trixie calls out for him to stop. Boys, I'll tell you, the jazz man paused for a second, and in that moment, he gave us a look that told me he died inside long before we decided to make it official. Well, given my crew's propensity to shoot first and ask questions later, naturally they riddled the jazz man with a hail of bullets, just as one sad note eked out of the trumpet. Well, you know where this is headed. We started to hear noises all around us in the tomb. Trixie ran towards the now shambling body of Leroy to try and grab the horn, but the bastard clung to it so tightly I had to rush the corpse and tackle it to the ground as well, while the rest of our brave crew fled. Horn safely in hand, we quickly retreated to the car and got back to the Feos to collect what was left of our shattered nerves. Now I'll be honest, a job's a job, but I can't say I felt good about turning the horn over to script. There's just something about that guy that makes me feel like he's up to no good. Then again, we are all criminals here. Anyways. My companion convinced me to turn the horn over to Scribner, and just like he promised, the payout was huge. In fact, Scribner was so pleased, he invited us to this little soiree he's having later this evening. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm just saying, I got a bad feeling about it. And if a criminal can't trust his instincts, what can he trust? Anyway, next round's on me. Hell, after that payout, I'll cover the whole damn tab. Thanks, Josh. Awesome. All right, that was a great recap. Thank you, because I had forgotten almost all of it. <laughs> all right. So, you presumably meet back up again, and uh, if you would like to, you are more than welcome to take some time to discuss the events that occurred and uh, decide where you want to go from here, if, if there's any other research you want to do. Talk about it. Hell, I want to forget about it. Have some drinks tonight. See if I can get uh, Trixie a little loopy. She's a lot, well, she say she's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I wouldn't mind going out. Look at this mink coat that I just got from uh, Mr. Scrivener. Mm, you look spot on, babe. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with the paper boy. I just want to forget about this whole thing and uh, enjoy the payout. Yeah, I definitely want to. I have a bad feeling about this, but honestly, I am going to try my best to enjoy myself tonight. Well, yeah, look, big bear, just, just relax with it. Yeah, yeah. Got to let that stuff go sometimes. I, besides, who knows what the hell we saw? True. I mean, it could have been a collective hallucination for all you know. I'm going uh, to use this uh, money to uh, put my sister Maria through Princeton if she gets to act together, stops whoring all around the city. Good plan. Good plan. 
my pops rolling over in his grave. Alrighty. Apparently, he really is. Oh dear! Especially if he was buried out there in uh, that cemetery. Well, if he would have got uh, the Pied Piper, got my pops coming about the grave, he would have came out took care of all of them himself. You know, we got out of there pretty quick. I wonder if any of those dead bodies got up and started attacking people. Well, that's the thing. Uh, you do hear in the news, and this is the next day after, so you do hear in the news that there was a some sort of like disturbance over at the graveyard. Apparently, somebody had been digging up the grays and there's there's rumors of oh my god the chicago ghoul that has gone around digging up graves and is trying to sell the bodies and it's like no no well we know what really happened exactly it weren't no it weren't no uh hallucination so what what did, what does it matter mr scribner has a a horn that raises the dead big deal that's big boy stuff, which is the little peons, but we make we got the money. But like you said, let the big has boys play. That raises the dead. That is not good. Who's For all you know, Scrivener doesn't even know how to play trumpet. He doesn't look like the kind of guy who is uh, musically inclined, except to listen. I still think it's pretty bad. He paid for it. What he did with it is his business as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't want it. I don't know how to blow a horn like that. <coughs> my double entendre. Are, are, are you sure about that, Trixie? Are you sure about that? Trixie could... Uh, I'm not going to go. <laughs> just, just watch your mouth, Big Chair. I've always wondered why they call you Big Chair. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stop this before it goes any further. So, uh, you happen to have a restful night's sleep for once as uh, the day of the party approaches. And uh, that night, it is a Friday. You presumably head all on over to uh, Scrivener's address. And uh, the first thing you notice is, as you arrive, it is this beautiful two-story manor of, it looks like maybe basalt and marble, kind of situated up on a hill. Uh, there's a iron wrought fence around it. There's some beautiful topiaries in the front. Classy. Um, very classy, yes. For all intents and purposes, looks like the kind of estate you would expect a rich gentleman like Scrivener to live in. Hey, Big Jay, what do you think about these uh, topiaries? It's beautiful. It's actually pretty interesting. What's that, wrong, Jay? What's that supposed to be? Is that supposed to be like a unicorn? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's totally a topiary shaped like a unicorn. Absolutely. Did anybody stop us on the way in? Oh, you are still in the car right now, and you've you are uh, parking. The valet escorts you out, and uh... are there lots of other people? Oh yes, yes, quite a few other people. Uh, some of them to be rather 
up and coming people too. Like like they they look like they've come from higher society. Like legitimate folk. Legitimate people, yes. If they're rich, none of them are legitimate. They're all shysters. That's how they got rich. There's gonna be like a shopping spree for Trixie. Um, if they didn't, <laughs> if they if they aren't shysters, then their dads and mothers were shysters ahead of them. They just got the money. True. True. Uh, I am, in case something goes wrong, I am going to bring my gun, but I'm going to conceal it. Okay. Kind of underneath my jacket, in case something goes wrong, I want to have a weapon. Who doesn't have a weapon? Well, being that they were a gangster, I would expect that there'd be uh, checking for weapons at the door, especially with this beef with the bonados. We're all criminals. We're always carrying our weapons on us. Exactly. Yeah, but, but we're on Shrivna's side, so... But, like you I never said, know. I have a bad feeling about this, so it's always good to be prepared. Yeah, I mean, uh, this house, this mansion, it seems strangely familiar, doesn't it, Big Jer? Like, oddly familiar. That's why I am being... I'm afraid. I forget. What time of year is it? It is summer-ish. So is, it's it's a warm night. Is is the party spilling off outside, like in the back, or...? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can hear people out in the back. You can hear people in the front. I mean, there are people already drinking. Uh, but for the most part, the party seems to be inside. Come on, Sam. I'm, I'm potched. Yeah, All let's right. Let's get a drink. Go get a round of corpse revivers. Number Indigo two. go through the double doors, and you immediately see in front of you a grand set of staircases kind of coming down from both sides. Um, think like Scrivener's office, but much larger. Same coloration, same type of decor, richly decorated. There are people milling about everywhere. There is a vast line of like hors d'oeuvres and foods. There is a bar, like a mini bar set up with a private uh, drink mixer. And directly underneath the stairs, like if these are the stairs here and here, there is a double door set that's kind of propped open. And going through there, you can see people looking around in what looks to be some sort of gallery. Be on the lookout for the Great Gatsby over here. It's very much Great Gatsby-like. Nice. Are there a lot of books and artifacts, like, back in his office? Yeah. In the gallery, there are. Hmm. You want to uh, pick up a drink and uh, head back there? Trace sure, it? whatever you want. Books is such a good decoration device. Yeah. Indeed. You know, I wonder if he actually reads all those books or if they're just for show. So, presuming you all stay together and uh, a few of the guests kind of look you over like, who are these people? But uh, you, you walk back there and you notice there are cases. It's like a museum in a, in a way. There are cases that have books that seem to be very old. Um, often with titles you can't translate. Um, some of the artifacts appear to be kind of like little statuettes. 
um, mostly related to like the archaeological pursuits and occasionally the occult. So it seems uh, Scrivener nurtures a bit of an interest in the strange and unusual. Um, and most of people, there, there's quite a collection actually on one wall of various masks from various cultures. And I mean, that's very extensive. I mean, you have everything from like tribal African masks to uh, Native American dance masks, no masks from Japan. Um, and in a place of pride right in the center, there's what, a, what looks to be almost like a, almost like Pharaoh's death mask to a point, except it's kind of, it, it's black. It's got golden red detailing and the eyes have like a red color to them. It's kind of just situated on in the middle with these spotlights pointing to it. People are kind of gathered around it, looking at it and murmuring inanely. Masks give me the creeps. I don't even like Mardi Gras. It's quite the collection. Oh, it's a very vast collection. Yeah, this, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wow, he's, that's a pretty big, nice collection. You know, I've got some pretty good good skills in forgery of, of, of I guess, various sorts. Does, does this stuff all look pretty legit, or does any of this stuff look like it could be fakes? Well, roll me in a praise. Okay. You want me to use a praise and not the forgery skill? Or use forgery. Okay, I'd like to, because it's a little higher. Um, a hard success. Oh, these are all real. 100% real. Now, you have no idea how Scrivener managed to get, like, an authentic Egyptian Pharaoh's death mask into his house. But it's real. I mean, even looking closely, you can tell this is some high-quality stuff. It's, it looks to be from the stated age. It looks, it has, like, actual gold and detailed inlays. Um, looking even closer at it, it's, it's got, like, a, it's, it's really different. It's got, like, a, almost like a vague smirk to the mouth a little bit. And the more you kind of look at it, the more it almost seems to stare into you as if it's alive. It like has eyes painted on it? Yeah. It's kind of like King Tut's mask, but the, it's, it's made out of like black, like onyx rather than gold. The gold is as accent. So it's kind of backwards. Like it's inverted. Gives me the creeps. Yeah, it's, it's all Sims. legit, though, Trixie. This guy is way more loaded than I would have ever imagined. But yeah. he, we're talking like like royalty of a country kind of wealth to be able to afford artifacts like this. Or maybe he has them smuggled. Well, it's black market, yeah. Yeah, but still the value of it all. I mean, this room alone, someone would trade an army for. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in a case over off to the left, in a place of pride is the trumpet mounted on a stand and in a sealed case. It seems he just wanted to display it. Oh. Well, let's go dance. I don't want to look at the ugly masks anymore. Mm-hmm. Although it, it is kind of strange, Sam, as the more you kind of look at this mask, the more you almost feel like it's daring you to touch it or, or take it off and, and hold it. But it's behind glass. It's not open. Oh no! It's like hung up on a wall. Really? Is it within arm's reach? Yeah. 
Okay. I don't want to grab it. <laughs> Maybe I do kind of have those thoughts, but I'm not driven, I guess, at this point to actually do that. Uh, that's well, interesting. Uh, I need you to roll me a power. Oh, okay. Has to be hard. Uh, I did get a 22 out of 30. For, for 30 is what I need for a hard. Okay, so you do resist the temptation to actually pick it up. Good thing, because, I mean, what if you dropped it? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, I know how people are about their property and all. I mean, yeah, I, I assume he'd take offense if I just reached up and pulled something off his wall. And of course he would be, because, uh, in fact, as you are kind of looking it over, you hear, you almost don't hear anybody come up behind you, but you suddenly hear Scrivener's voice from behind you say, well... How do you like the collection? Uh, it's amazing. I didn't realize you were this kind of collector, Scrivener. Oh, I do have an interest in the unique. Yeah, that piece in particular. In that, that piece? The, I, uh, I got it from, well, let's just say a trader of uh, certain credentials <clears throat> quite some time ago. Well, it looks like his credentials were good. I mean, I, I, I'd figure that's, that's a real piece there. That's not some sort of, uh, you know, modern replica. Indeed. Hey, he Mr. says it dates back to second Egyptian dynasty almost. Uh, Mr. Scripton, not for nothing, but you give uh, our boy Sam a little bit of time with these pieces. He can make some pretty passable replicas to sell. Mm. Might be a new business venture. Well, have to consider that. That is one I hadn't considered at first. There's real money in it. However, when people find out, you know, if they find out they've been duped, uh, they can get burned. But even in the stuff that you, you tell people is replica, if it looks legit, feels legit, uh, a lot of them will still pay a good price for a well-made replica, and you don't even have to do it on the sly and worry about the blowback from that. Hmm. Especially well, something like this. This is just amazing. Well, how good are you, Mr. Bowie? Uh, you're probably not going to find many better in the city than me when it comes to, you know, making copies of things. Well, let's just say I'll consider it, and if I do decide to go down that venture, you will be the first person I call. Excellent. Excellent. Hmm. So I see you got the, uh, the trumpet on display over there. Oh, of course. It was such a strange and interesting piece with such a macabre history behind it. I had to have it. You, you, you uh, give it a try? Oh, no, I don't have any musical talent whatsoever. Oh, okay. Besides, I feel like if I were going to play an instrument, I'd, I'd be better suited to the drums or the flute or something. Something simple. The no, violin. <laughs> I'd advise you to keep that trumpet locked up tight, given its history and whatnot. Oh, state-of-the-art, uh, Ceiling technology and lock technology, of course. I have alarms on every door. If any thief tried to come in and steal anything from my collection, they would quickly find it impossible. Hmm. Well, this is a heck of a spread you put out. Thank you for having us tonight. The, uh, were you planning on any sort of uh, entertainment? Oh, I was going to give a bit of a guided tour. Hmm. And of course, there's dancing. Is there, has there been live music? I'm sorry. I, I... Oh yeah, there's a there's a live jazz band and everything, okay. and of course they're playing a rendition of Dead Man Stomp. 
become quite a popular piece. Seems uh, sort of fitting. Indeed, it does. Well, Trixie, do you want to uh, you want to go cut it out there on the floor and maybe uh, catch up with Mr. Scrivener later when he does his tour? Yeah, you bet. Oh. Yes, please, by all means, mingle, enjoy yourselves, drink, eat, be merry. We can come back later if you want and look at his forty-seven hundred-year-old uh, mask. I'm, I'm going to go get a couple of drinks uh, for, for horsemen, uh, whatever, and I'm just going to enjoy myself. Still on the alertness. <clears throat> All right. You got any, uh, you got any uh, hors d'oeuvres from the Tortellini dynasty? Oh, sure. Yeah. He, he, he went to the best places in the city or the places in the city that had the best tasting food. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as uh, Richie's looking over at the hors d'oeuvres over there, uh, Trixie, could I get you to roll a listen? Sure. Oh, two. Wow, I'm rolling good. Nice. Well, Trixie, as you are uh, having a sip of your drink, your aviation. You uh, happen to be kind of leaning against one of the walls by the window and uh, kind of underneath the sound of the jazz band, you think you hear another trumpet playing outside. It sounds very familiar. It, it sounds almost like Leroy's style of playing, but that can't be. Leroy is dead. Well, out of curiosity, I'm going to take a little stroll outside. Okay. It's a little warm in here. Of course, I am wearing a meat coat. So, mm. Did you want some company? Summer. If not, I might catch up yeah, with Jack. Yeah, come with me. Come with me. Do oh. you hear that sound? Do you hear that? Sounds like Leroy's playing. Maybe Go he's here. playing from up above somewhere. Mm. Perhaps. Or down below somewhere. Or maybe if the jazz is that hot, it's from down below. Or maybe he didn't really die. No, he died. He was riddled with bullets. Hmm. Nobody okay. left to play the horn. All right. Yeah, I mean, when you have several holes in your chest, it's kind of hard to blow air. <laughs> maybe it's someone he studied with or, or played with. Let's go listen. All right. So, uh, yeah, you, you head outside, and uh, as you kind of are uh, out there, you, you start hearing it too, Sam, a little bit. And Yeah, it's, it's definitely Leroy playing, and you swear you can hear it off from the right towards kind of like this foresty area. And kind of between the forest area, there's a winding path, and you can see a hill over there. It's a beautiful full moon out tonight, and uh, you kind of see in silhouette there. It looks like somebody very definitely standing on that hill playing trumpet. But it's almost as soon as you two kind of notice it, it seems to kind of just stop, turn, look at you, and then vanish like, like, a, like a wisp of fog disappearing. Sam, you have been drinking heavily. Let me see what I saw. 
What, is, it, what is in this aviation? Is this gin? It should be gin. Hmm. Oh, it's gin. It's gin. I think this is just shine. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Was it a trick of the light? Or, I mean, we heard the music. Is it kind That's of a good question? Kind of I guess around see if there's like some fog rolling in, or is it misty out? Could he have just kind of disappeared in the into the shadow there? Well, it is a little misty out, but the more you question this, the more you realize you might want to make a sanity check. Yeah, we're being haunted. 33, and yeah, I passed. Oh, it's just an effect of too much alcohol. Yeah, drink. let's get back inside. Creepy, but we've got, we've got you're go. probably just seeing pink elephants. Yeah, I, I passed. I rolled a 47. You too, so, Sam. So, Sam, do you think maybe we're feeling a little guilty because we killed him? <laughs> You're criminals. Why would you be feeling guilty for killing him? Uh, he he was a bit of trouble. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling too guilty about that. Yeah, surprised you are, Trix. I'm not. No, it was a jo- it was my attempt at a joke. Sorry, it could be a bit dry. Yeah. It was so funny we forgot to laugh, Trixie. So you so, kind of head back in. You're only gone for like a couple minutes. So as you you kind of like walked out, saw it, and then it came right back in. And people are kind of looking at you like, going in or out. <laughs> Listen, so sister, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> get the fuck out of your way. So hey, Richie, in or out, we're not trying to cool off the outside. Mm-hmm. So, Richie, you're over by the hors d'oeuvre table. Uh, Jer and Jack, are. where are you guys? Hey, I, oh, go ahead, Josh, or Jack. I had, uh, I had just grabbed a beer, and I'm kind of casually making conversation with folks around the room, just kind of seeing who the folks there are and making small talk. Well, some of them are fairly famous. Some of them are not. Some of them are people like you. Are there other criminals? Would I recognize any of them as being of the yes, trade? Yes, you do. A few of them. Okay. A couple so of conspicuous just, uh, families. So I'll just kind of, uh, I don't know, BS with those guys, talk talk a little trade craft, just kind of screw around and, and drink a beer and kind of listen for any interesting conversation. All right. So far, no real interesting convo. Although you do hear them talking about, yeah, you know, somebody uh, bumped off the Bonatos. Really? About damn time somebody took him out. So, uh, yeah. As for you, Jared, what are you doing? Uh, I am like, I'm doing kind of the same thing. I'm having, you know, at the bar, kind of having a couple of drinks, you know, talking to a couple of people, you know, just trying to enjoy myself, even though I know from a deep, deep, deep that it's going to be pretty. I'm basically kind of freaking out on the inside, but I'm keeping a... Uh, Smiling on the outside, screaming on the inside. Yes. Well, uh, Jer and Richie, since you're over in that area, could you guys do me a favor and roll me a spot hidden? That's a real good crab dip. It's really good crab dip. I pass. I pass as well. All right. So both of you are just so happening to look in the correct direction to notice somebody who doesn't seem to really fit 
at the party is there. He's kind of off in the background, kind of slinking through the crowds. Like he's trying not to be caught. And your first thought is maybe he's a thief because he's got like a hood up. Um, but then you kind of realize, no, he doesn't seem, if he, if he's a thief, he would be probably blending in a lot more to the shadows and he's kind of not, but all the same, people are just ignoring him like he's not there. And as you watch, he just kind of vanishes into the crowd and you lose track of him pretty much immediately. You're not sure how. How could you miss a person with a hood up in a sea of people that are all in fancy dress? When you say a hood, is it like a robe? It's, yeah, it's kind of like a robe, actually. <clears throat> but Jared, what's, what's with the guy in the, uh, in the bathrobe? Honestly, I don't really know. Maybe he's... I honestly don't know. Did he look to you like the guy we saw at at the club before Manusco got rubbed off? Oh, jo- jo- Joey the Rat? Wasn't there a, out, of, out of character, wasn't there a guy in a, in a hood that we saw skulking around the back of the club? You're thinking of Joey the Rat, and he got shot and killed, I believe. Okay. No, Rich. No, Richie, I don't think that's the same person that's at the club. No, this guy's taller. Joey the Rat was kind of short. He's probably with the help. Probably. I mean, the help are all kind of just standing around and serving people and wandering about. So, after about a good hour or two of schmoozing, uh, Scrivener comes back, he he uh, makes some sort of noise to catch everybody's attention, and uh, he opens hey, up... all the crab dip. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry, we'll get more crab dip. I know, it's delicious, <laughs> but it's my favorite as well. If we could find some, some bread loaves, we could take all these mini meatballs and make some. Is that the family recipe, Richie? On the crab dip? I don't know whose recipe this is, but it sure is good. Oh, he got it from a very upper crust uh, seafood place. What is hey, it? Mean- Dungeness? Dungeness crabs? Dungeness crab. And, uh, but yes, uh, Scrivener opens up with a speech once he's gotten everybody's attention about uh, his collection, how he's going to be leading them through. Um, he explains that he's gotten many of his pieces from various channels. He's done apparently quite a lot of travel. Um, and his most recent acquisition is the death mask, the Egyptian death mask. And he is going to kind of run in a circuit along the entire gallery and explain everything and the history behind it. So it's going to be quite a bit of a tour. It wasn't it only a couple days ago that we got him the horn? Like two days yeah, ago? Yeah, that too. That as well. Okay, but he did say the mask was his most recent acquisition. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So somebody else was apparently working to get him the mask at the same time. What do you think of that, guys? He had, he had another crew running or something. He's a collector. He's obsessed with it. I told you, my boyfriend uh, used to collect, what was it, uh, cans, uh, labels off of bottles. So when they get obsessed with their collecting things, they, they collect things constantly. And he's got money. And connections, yeah. so yeah, I'll he's say. just a rich eccentric. He's actually the kind Sam that you should be able to sell crap to, telling him that it's valuable, and he buy it because he'd think 
if you give it enough story behind it. It's a neat idea, but I got a feeling a guy with an eye like his is going to know the difference. You're probably there's no, there's no crap. Yeah, he's probably it. too discerning for You're that. Probably right. Yeah. All right. So he leads you in and around into the gallery, and you've looked around a little bit, but uh, you're 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 checking around, and uh, he closes the door behind. Not everybody decides to go look around the gallery. Some people would rather schmooze. Um, so you're you're assumedly part of the group that's being taken around. And uh, as you are kind of looking around, he shows off quite a few interesting pieces. He shows off a uh, like a statue that's kind of like almost it looks almost like a tribal African wood-carved piece. Um, seems to be of some sort of fertility goddess of a sort, kind of like the Ven the Venus of whatever. Um, very curvy and set aside. Willendorf, um, the Venus of Willendorf. Yes, thank you, Richie. Um, he explains some of the history behind it, where he got it from. Uh, apparently, he arranged through a trader in Kenya to get it for him, actually. And it was smuggled in to the country so he could grab it. And he, he does this kind of thing for a while until, well, eventually there is a sudden disturbance from one of the side doors. It looks like a gentleman has run in suddenly, um, he apparently is one of the party goers. He's his clothing is torn. His suit is torn. He looks absolutely terrified, and he starts rambling. Outside, outside. There's there's, there's something outside. There's a, there's there's a creature, huge, massive. It's just, and he kind of start. He's just like screaming and, and crying, basically. Not the guy in the hood, right? No, this is apparently one of the guests. Quick question for the GM. Nobody disarmed us at the gate, did they? Oh, no, no. You have your stuff on you. I mean, they figure there's nobody here that's really going to cause a problem. Maybe Scrivener's got some Rottweilers or something out there and someone's sick the dogs on this dick. Maybe. What, but what's, soon, what's Scrivener's reaction? He kind of looks at these he's like, okay, okay, okay. Just kind of looks at the guy, walks over, like, hey, are, are you all right? What, what's wrong? And as soon as the guy sees Scrivener, he just kind of breaks down screaming how evil Scrivener is, how cursed everybody is. And then he looks up over at the, the death mask and he points and he's like, that, that is a terrible omen. It'll kill us all. Mark my words, it will kill us all. Oh, why won't you uh, settle down there, pal? I think you well, might have too me. much opium, I think. Opium drink. And Scrivener is just like, okay. Well, I'm going to walk over to the big windows with the curtains on them and look outside and see if there's anything out there. There is nothing out there. Loony. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up to the guy and try and um, try and call and say, hey, but it looks like you've been had too much to drink. Hey, why don't you come over here and no. try some of this dungeness? Okay, he, he's, he's like, he kind of grabs your hand and nods at you and he's like, 
Okay, go, go, go talk with him. And presumably you bring him over to talk with him? Yeah, t- t- tell me a little bit more about what you uh, saw there, buddy. <laughs> you wouldn't believe me if I told you it was... Do you know that, that hill? That big hill outside Scrivener's house? Yeah. I look over at Sam. We drove There's... past it coming in. I saw something. I, I saw... <laughs> It was almost like a man, but not. His his head wasn't a head. It was almost like a, a worm or something, just screaming. Screaming at the moon. <laughs> well, I, I've seen some weird things recently, but nothing not, happened. Not human. <laughs> Listen, you have, to, you have to trust me on this. Things are not what they seem here. Something is wrong. Look closely. Behind the other's masks. I'm going to turn around at this point and kind of scrutinize the crowd. The crowd looks totally normal. Who's wearing masks? Nobody. I asked the guy, who who do you think's wearing a mask here? I I don't see any masks. Everybody... They're all in on it. Trust me, they're all in on it. Is anybody in the crowd at all bothered by what this guy did? This guy just ran in, started screaming about how Scrivener is evil, and he's murmuring to you guys and looking around at the crowd like with shifty eyes like he's scared they're going to do something. And everyone's just like murmuring like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I think we need to call the cops or the, the, the hospital. Yeah, we're oh, just no, trying. He's to... not really like bleeding or anything. He's just he's wacko. He needs to go to the he nut house. Yeah, we're just trying to de-escalate the scene, not to cause uh, quite such a disturbance. Hey, buddy, why don't we uh, back up real quick? Why don't you? Why don't you just start with your name? Mark. Well, Mark, you know how'd you how'd you get here tonight? You come with a friend uh, by yourself? You know, I, I was invited. I, I, I just went outside. I just went outside to smoke. And that's uh, uh, must have been place. some powerful uh, cigarettes you got there. If we're all together, I'll, I'll say, "Hey, uh, uh, Paperboy and Trixie, did you guys uh, see anything when you was outside?" Well, nothing really. Yeah, we thought we like saw. Go ahead. You say it looked like maybe some shadows or some mist over on the hill? I, I see nothing out there. To be perfectly honest, we're pretty sure it was the ghost of Lee, Lee, Leroy? Leon. Leroy. Leroy. Of Leroy. And then I just sort of giggle. Really? That cannot be. I thought we killed him. Uh-huh. I'm joking, Big J. Of course we killed him. You see, about my friends was just outside a few minutes ago. They didn't see nothing. Well, uh, it's around at this point, Scrivener comes back and is like, has he been calmed down? And it seems like the person has calmed down, but he's still looking at Scrivener like he does not trust the man. Maybe it's uh, time for you to go home, pal. I, I would agree. I'll, I'll bring him outside and I'll contact someone to bring him home. 
and he uh, takes the gentleman with him, and the guy is just almost too petrified to move at this point. He he struggles a little bit, and Scrimmage like like gives him a look like, nope, you're coming with me. Drags him off outside to wait with him. Are they actually going towards the front of the house for the or or the side of the house where the vehicles were? Yes. Yeah. I'll get him a cab. In the meantime, uh, things seem to have gone back to normal at the party. I can't help it, but every once in a while I'm going to go over to the window and take a peek out. Good point, Trixie. Especially towards the di- direction of the hill. All right, you uh, glance over towards the hill and you see nothing. Okay. You see nothing. Then I just go back to the party. Is that getting on your nerves a little, Trix? Well, it's just kind of weird. Plus, they haven't brought any more of that nice, cl- that nice uh, crab dip. Yeah. Actually, yeah. as soon as you say that, Trixie, a help comes out with a large bowl of crab dip. Oh, thank <laughs> God. And now, now yes. look. Now the look, salvation almost, of the crab We're dip. almost out of the little crackers, so. Oh, there's all sorts of the little crackers around the bowl. It's very nicely arranged. You like seafood, Trixie? Well, to be perfectly honest, I like all food. But, you know, if I'm going to keep my girlish figure, then I need to be careful about what I eat. But, damn, this crab is good. (laughs) It is good. Look at it, too. They got these little sausages. As the uh, help kind of sets the crab down, he turns to you, Trixie, and he goes, You know, there's more to the house than just down here. You want to see some of the more interesting things, uh, the master has in his collection. You might want to take a look around. Uh, Sam, why is the help talking to me? That's a good question. Who the hell do you think you are? Well, before you can ask him that, he kind of slips back into the crowd. Can't believe it. The help talks to you. That is, that's a little strange, but you know, Trixie, that's kind of an interesting idea. Maybe there is some other neat stuff around here to look at. It's true. Why don't we just wander around? I mean, we'll just tell Mr. Scrimner we were looking for the ladies' room. And wait staff are people, too, and should be respected. No, are you not. all going to go looking around They're not around real together? people. <laughs> yeah, the wait staff don't exist. They're not people. They don't count. They can not die. 1930s. <laughs> Do you guys, are you all going to go look around together, or...? Yeah, I'll take him. Let's, yeah. let's get Jack to follow us around because he's the one who's the brute. Yeah, yeah. I kind of right. nod to Jack. Nod to Jack. Hey, Jack. We're gonna, you know we're gonna we're gonna take a, a look around this big ass place and see if there's anything else. Uh, uh, anything hey, hey, big, yeah. the walls. We're gonna do a little exploring. You want to come? Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Mr. Scrivener appreciates us poking around his crib. It's his house. He wants us to look around and enjoy ourselves. No one said we could. We, we had to stay right here. I mean, if the door's locked, the door's locked. But You know, as my mother used to tell me just before a job, that if the door's not locked, just go through it. Good point. And if it's locked and you can unlock it, then just go through it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what did your mom do? 
Something, something certainly shook that guy up. And it wouldn't hurt to poke around a little bit to see what Never ask that question again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mom always told me, Richie, don't be stupid. All right. So uh, everybody except for Big Jer is going to go take a look? I would go. Okay, so who's not going? We're all going. You're all going? All righty. So, there are a couple rooms on the bottom floor, but the majority of the rooms seem to be on the upper floor. So this is three stories? It's two stories. Okay. So you have the upper level that is like bedrooms and stuff, and the lower level that's the gallery and presumably the dining room and the kitchen everything. Are there any side hallways down here on the first floor that might have a staircase? To go up versus these really big entrance staircases that are very obvious to the second floor? Well, I mean, there is like a servant staircase. If you kind of turn around, there's like a utility one that goes up and it's made of wood. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's the way we should go up. It seems uh, maybe we won't disturb anybody if we go over there. Alrighty. So you head down that hallway and, um, well, you find where the bathrooms are. And you find where, you presume the kitchen's probably on the other side because you go past where the gallery would be and there's the side door that's open. Um, And adjacent to that, with a wall in between, is the actual dining room. The doors are open. There are people in there chatting and talking. Although, as you walk by, you get the sudden feeling you're all being watched. And as you turn, you happen to notice everybody in the crowd is just kind of staring at you. They've all gone completely silent. They're just staring at you, watching you walk. And then as soon as you are done with the doorway, you hear them start talking again. That was weird. Anybody else just notice that? Did we get any inkling of what they were talking about? No. It was all just a generic patter. Uh, fancy people got their own uh, things to discuss, apparently. So that's weird that they would all just go silent and kind of stare at you in unison. A little creepy. Interesting draws that kind of attention, though. True. I've I've been wandering around, not paying too much attention, more glorying in my own mink coat, but um, do I recognize anybody from these people at the party? You could roll credit rating, or you could also roll spot hidden. We got a 64 out of oh, out of 60. Can I use four luck points? Sure. All right, I'll do that. Is this for credit rating or spot hidden? Uh, spot hidden. All right. Well, you don't really recognize anybody in particular, Trixie, but as you're looking around, you happen to notice like a guy kind of standing in the background lurking around near where the servants are um, in a hood like in that hooded robe from earlier he kind of looks over briefly Um, you can tell because he turns his head you can't really see any features and then he kind of seems to enigmatically smirk you can't really see eyes but you can see the mouth and then he turns and starts going off the other direction I grab Sam by the arm and I turn him around and see do you see that guy over there in the hoodie? 
I look. Yeah, you see him. Yeah. Just before he slips out of sight. I'm like, what kind of attire is that for a party? That doesn't make any sense. Is he one of the servants here? Why would a servant be look like a party? It. We, we saw that guy earlier. Let's uh, follow him, see where he's going. Maybe he's not supposed to be here. All right. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah maybe you? Scrivener yeah, could use a hand clearing out some trouble. Good idea. All right, I'm along for the ride. Let's do this. All righty. You guys uh, follow him, and it proves to be fairly simple. I mean, everybody else is too preoccupied with their own stuff to notice, and the guy certainly doesn't notice. Well, now, um, if, we, if we have a way, if we see him, and we have a way where we can split up, and some of us go that way, and some of us go that way, and we sort of corner the guy. Good so plan. Get away. Do you do that? Yeah, I think we should do that. You guys think so? Yeah, I mean, we can still see each other. We're in the room. Is he aware we're following him? Should we, do we need to roll stealth? Does Let's he... see if he's aware. Not quite, but you should probably use stealth anyway. Well, this is just a matter of walking through the crowd like we're having the party, but we're heading towards cornering him. 31's a pass for me. Oh, yeah, I passed that easy. I'm a sneaky woman. I, I did not pass. I got a 55 out of 20. So everybody except for Sam. Over in the crowd. Uh, no. Uh, just one second. I'll make sure. I don't think I did, but we'll see. Well, Sam, you're just with me. Stop mm -hmm. looking so guilty. Can I, can, I use, can I use one point of luck? Sure. I got a 51. I need a 50. So Absolutely. I am a bit stiff. I mean, this kind of thing isn't you know. Yeah, Sam, you're a little awkward. You're a forger. You're not a thief. You're not a stealthy person. You you just make the forgeries. You don't put them where they need to go. Look, look, Sam. You're a forger. You don't have to be unnervous. Just pretend like you're unnervous. And uh, that's kind of like forgery. Something like that. I think that metaphor got muddled there, Trixie, but... Best advice I've heard all night. Fake it till you make it. So you follow this guy, and uh, we're gonna try to corner him. You kind of start approaching from two sides. So who's in what group? So Trixie and Sam are together. Jer uh, Jack and Richie are all together. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Alrighty. we can chase. They're kind of coupled up. Maybe they went one way, and the rest of us all maybe right. go around. Yeah. And yeah. we're, we're just talking, you know, here's the room, here's the crowd of people, we're going this way around the crowd, they're going that way around the crowd to try to corner the crowd. Okay. In the room. Right. And we're not, like, chasing them, we're not breakneck running after no, them. No, no. Weapons drawn, it's, yeah. All right. We're, we're talking and chanting and just you know, going quietly. And All right. And so if we wind up to the uh, point where he's where we're work, walking towards him and he's trying to walk past us, I'm going to bump him. Okay. Like I'll shoulder him. Okay. We'll stop him. Yeah. We want to talk to him. I don't know so why. So you kind of uh, edge around in a loop and uh, you see you see him turn a corner and you also see him turn the corner. But as you kind of split off and come together to corner him, you can't find him anywhere. 
There's no obvious outlet. So where Where'd do you go? go? Where the hell did he go? Uh, some of these old houses have like uh, servants' passages and stuff in the walls. Is there, is there something nearby, like a like a wall or a mirror? Maybe we can just kind of move and can find it. Yeah. Well, there's a mirror nearby. It's like a big full mirror too, Sam. Yeah, yeah. I just you know I try not to look like I'm taking it off the wall, but I just kind of tip it and see if it with the edge of my hand to see if it opens or it's hinged. Be careful with that thing. You, uh, peek behind it, but uh, Sam, as you are kind of peeking behind it and looking into the mirror, you suddenly kind of glance at your reflection and you notice there's something wrong about your reflection's skin, almost like there's lesions on it. And as you kind of look a little further, you notice the lesions are kind of spreading and you soon realize they're not really lesions so much as they are like gangrene spreading across your skin. What the fuck? You see this and you're horrified. I need you to roll sanity. Eleven. Nice! You take one. One, okay. (laughs) Just one. Um, What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. Look look at my face. Look at my face. What's wrong, Sam? Startle. Well, I'm holding onto his arm. What do we see? You see nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with your face, Sam. No, no, no. I just looked in the mirror. There's What the hell? I got something on my face. Or, or, or am I sick? What's going on? When I look at him in the mirror, does it look No. Different? No, it does not. And you're, in you're fact, fine. Sam, as you take a second glance and look back, you look fine. Your reflection is your reflection. Did somebody put something in your drink? Oh, holy crap. I don't know. Sam, you're cracking up on us. No different than that uh, guy running here screaming earlier. Yeah. yeah, that was. That, I think we're seeing things. Maybe they put something in the food. Maybe maybe it's that damn clam, that crab dip. I bet you anything that it's damn that Dungeness crab dip. I I ate some of that foie gras. Maybe maybe maybe, there's, maybe it was bad. I don't know. Maybe they had foie gras. Yeah, I love foie gras. Yeah, maybe we are. They got maybe this is the a, a different kind of party, if you know what I mean. Maybe they're putting things in the. The drinks and food to get a seat. Yeah, what a main event. That's what I was thinking. Let's let's get back to our thing at hand. There's got to be a panel here on the wall or something like where this molding is. Or sure, spot hidden. Eighteen. Alrighty, yeah, Trixie, you uh, are feeling along the crown molding, and uh, that 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 leaf design feels a little bit loose. You press it, and uh, an area that is kind of off to one side in the corner slides open and you see a small staircase leading up, like a spiral staircase. There you go. Secret stairs. Now let's make That's sure gotta be where he went, but let's, let's, how could he have gotten up there so fast without making so much noise? Well, we just weren't paying that close attention. Well, you know I mean? let's, it was loud. let's kind of keep an eye on people and uh, slip in there and see where it goes. All right. Up you go. It's dark in here, quite dark. You guys it feels sure almost like you're. If we've been uh, slipped to Mickey, there ain't no telling what might happen up here. Maybe for the main event, this party, we're supposed to put on those masks and fornicate. Maybe. Well, That's creative, kind of excited. Richie, you seem kind of excited when you're saying this. 
He yeah. has a mask kink. You see. <laughs> Richie, what Listen. kind of bodies you uh, Italians go to? Listen. I've heard about these kind of Well, things. I mean Venice. Fancy schmancies. <laughs> Alrighty, so you are climbing up this spiral staircase. And uh, you have your hands on the staircase and the door slides shut behind you, leave you in darkness. You keep climbing. And you keep climbing. Anybody smoke? You got a lighter? And you continue climbing. Wait, this is going far past the second floor. This must be going up to like the attic or something. Or a, was there a tower that we could see on the back end of the house? It, it's like no, it is set. a basic two-story manor. At this point, you should be on the third floor. And then you continue up, and at this point, you should be on the fourth floor. Yay. What is this? It's a sanity roll. I think we've all been drinking a little too much. It is a sanity roll. 73. I didn't make it this time. I am tired of these damn stairs. Uh, I fail. I failed. I'm starting to get a little uneasy about this, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Do all of you fail? I passed. Uh, I, I did pass on that one. Those of you who pass are pretty much fine. Like, nah, this is probably... I pro- We're probably just going up slower than I thought. Those of you who fail... Take four. As you realize this is not possible. There is no way the geometry should work like this. Does, does any, who here smokes? Who's, who's got that lighter? I don't. I don't smoke. I got a lighter. Other people light my cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, flick it. Richie, and, would you, uh, Richie, would you mind? This is just getting a little weird. Maybe we missed the door somewhere. Yeah, you flick it, and it turns out you're actually right in front of the door. You've been there the whole time. Huh? The door to the second floor is is right there in front of you, but you've been climbing up. The okay. stairs terminate at the door. It's got to be some kind of an optical illusion. But yeah. here's the door. Open the door. Yeah, now you're uneasy. Like, no, that doesn't make sense. But you open the door and you are on the second floor in a side hallway. In the side hallway, there are several mirrors and there are several paintings. All of them quite lovely paintings. Fairly abstract and surreal. Uh, seems Scrivener's a man of very singular taste. And there's several doors, you can see. Does uh, this kind of seem like it would be the main hall for the second floor? It does. You're coming out through like a secret passage and the wall slides shut behind you. Anything, uh, any of the doors ajar at all? Like maybe the guy slipped into one of the rooms and, and didn't quite close all the way, anything like that? Yes, there is actually. A single door is ajar, and you can see like a sort of a reddish light coming out through it. I'll kind of just point uh, towards a group, kind of signal the group, be like, "Hey guys, you think he, uh, you think he might have ducked in there?" Looks like that's the door that's open. Probably. Anything noteworthy about the paintings? They're. Well, this... They look like they're surreal, dreamlike paintings. This painting over here is gorgeous. This woman in the painting is beautiful. Oh wait, it's a mirror. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, you're Makes pretty. So humble. <laughs> so into the room you go. With that white coat, I thought it was a picture of a polar bear. 
Oh, do you think this is polar bear? Wow. Do you go into the room or not, you guys? Yeah, the red room. The red I'll room. go in the room. Nothing could be dangerous about a, a room with bright red light. It's like a homeless room. I expect to see what's the name up here. Yeah. Red room. Red you, room. Uh, Veronica. Exactly. Veronica didn't come to the party. She was feeling a little bit tired. No wonder she's tired. So yes, you pry open the door. And inside you see it's, well, it's like almost another gallery room. There's quite a lot of books in here. They this appear must to be, be that private gallery that the, very old the books. waiter was talking about. Yeah, there appear to be very old books, and uh, it's not anywhere near as large as the other, um, as the other gallery. It's more like a normal room, like a small library. And in the center of this library, you can see there is a glass case, and there is a box in the glass case, and perched in the black case, it, in the glass case is inside the box is a crystal about size you could put it in your hand multifaceted black with kind of reddish coloration the room is yeah a lot like that a lot like that uh, uh trixie just like that prop master and uh, like a heart oh <laughs> yeah like that and uh it's kind of perched there and you see kind of like a you're not sure if the light is coming from the stone or if it's kind of enhanced by there's like red lights enhancing the glow, but that is where the reddish glow is coming from. Hmm. It's pretty. It's beautiful. You've never seen a stone like it. Nobody touched nothing. Scribner just got done telling us that everything in here is attached to an alarm. Uh, yeah. I wonder why it's got numbers all over it. <laughs> no, it's 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 more shaped with like kite size. So it's like trapezohedral. It's not like a icosahedron. Uh no sign of the guy? No, you don't see the guy anywhere. At least you don't think you see. Well, it's not one of the Euclidean solids. It's one of the it's it's a different kind of mathematical uh, polyhedronal form. That was very intellectual of you, Trixie. (laughs) Trixie, where did you go to college at? Oh, I didn't go to college. School of hot knocks. Sounds like the school of hard geometry. I don't know. Ever since we've been talking about the the second dynasty of the the Egyptian kingdom from 4,700 years ago, I don't know. I just feel smarter. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, what else is in the room besides the uh, stone? Well, there's all sorts of books, and the books seem to be older and occult tomes. Um, I mean, you can see book titles like De Vermis Mysteris. You can see book titles like Le Roi and Jean. You can Who see book titles. <laughs> yes, you can see that. There's all sorts of like weird book titles, most of them in languages you can't understand. But uh, foreign books. If you do take the books off the shelf, you can see they're like in languages like Latin, German, Greek. You cannot read a word of them. Be uh, be real careful with the pages, gang. I know 
Scrivener's pretty attached to his stuff. And these older books, they ain't got a way of falling apart on you. Yeah, clearly this is the special collection. Yeah. Yeah. Bing. But we came up here to follow the guy. So if uh, this is all interesting and everything, but if the guy didn't come up here, then apparently we're seeing things and we should get back down there before uh, the real life went missing. Yeah. That is the thing. As you are kind of looking over the books, you hear the door kind of <laughs> shut. Oh, all right. Well, I'll go and open it. What? You open the door and the hallway is there. I think we're all getting just a little jumpy. Yeah. Let's go back downstairs to the party. Yeah. I, I want to find the foie gras. You said foie gras, huh? Yeah, foie gras. I got to top off this class and I think maybe some dancing will do us some good. All right, but let's go down by the regular stairs. You glance down by the regular stairs. You can see people downstairs milling about and uh, you happen to notice something a little bit strange, Trixie, as you're looking down there. You see a woman in a mink coat just like yours with a hairstyle just like yours and a gorgeous ring on her finger just like yours and she has her arm around a gentleman, like linked with a gentleman who looks an awful lot like Sam. For all intents and purposes, it's like you're seeing yourself walk around downstairs milling about. Well, I grab a hold of Sam who's standing next to me and I'm like, Sam, this is weird. Something's really weird going on here. Is that us? And you pointed out and it looks like a completely different couple now. You must be seeing things. What are you looking at? What are you? What do you see, Trixie? Yeah. You must have had too much to drink. Yeah, maybe uh, we skip. I, maybe we skip the dancing. Maybe we should just get a bite to eat and kind of relax somewhere. Yeah, I'm afraid there's something in that food. Maybe. Yeah. Behind you, you hear. <laughs> Richie, quit doing that. <laughs> that wasn't me. Sam, Jack's what? was it Jack? Us. No. Well, yeah. it was a deep voice. Maybe it was Jared. Well, you could turn around and see. All right, turn around. It's so. not. It's not me. You look down the hallway, and oh, look! It's the man in the cloak. Hey, what gives? We were looking for you. He looks up, and he starts kind of threading his way into another one of the rooms, kind of quickly moving down another side hallway. We'll go chase after him. I'm not. Okay. I think, you know, something bad's going to happen, so I am going to go. You keep saying that, Jerry. Jerry, you going to go downstairs? Yes. Okay. Right. Please I'm mute gonna, yourself, then. I'm going to make my way after him and kind of kind of keep my hand in my pocket where my, my Derringer's at and just kind of chase after him and say, hey, hold up. We need to talk to you real quick. So everybody except Jerry is following the guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm, kind of, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of really clinging to Sam at this point because I'm yeah. starting to see weird things. 
I mean, if, if this guy doesn't end up in the room where we think we see him going to, I'm done chasing his ass because it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Look, look, Sam, Sam, if somebody slipped me a Mickey, I want you to make sure that nobody takes advantage of me. You can take advantage of me, but nobody else. Oh, my. Okay. okay. Maybe we should get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to go walk off well, we don't and, want to uh, be rude have yeah. fun yeah yeah besides i'm not gonna it, 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 that ain't right to let jack chase off after that guy on his own yeah. cut your cut your losses sam you've got something to live for at this point <laughs> now we're okay. gonna follow <laughs> all right so jack and richie you kind of edge ahead and you see this guy duck into a side room and in this side room it's like a like another gallery. This is an actual art gallery with like more pictures. This guy kind of stands in the middle in this spotlight and it's all dark around the other rest of it. And uh, as uh, Richie and Jack kind of walk in, they catch up to the man. Hey, pal, I'm not, not sure you belong here. And he kind of stops, turns around, and he starts taking the hood down but there's something familiar about him you recognize that smirk you recognize that face and those eyes that's scrivener and he turns and he says i'm afraid you have the wrong man oh. he then reaches up and you hear a sickening squelch. Have we caught he, up by now? No, you two are behind. You hear this sickening squelch as he pulls the flesh from his face like it's a mask. Oh. Revealing nothing but blank gore and sinew. Could I get a sanity roll from you two? Certainly can. It's nasty. Uh, 29, that's a success. Okay. You are fine, Jack. Richie? I failed. Oh, poor Richie. You see this. I'm going to need you to take six. Jack, I'm going to need you to take two. Can do. Oh, I'm hanging on by a thread. Richie, could you do me a favor and could you roll... Actually, no, you don't need to because you see this and you just kind of... I didn't see that. You just kind of like faint. Okay, I'm gonna. It's too much. I'm gonna pull my derringer the rest of the way out of my pocket and just kind of, you know, aim it downside and say, "I don't even know what the hell I'd say at this point." Yeah, like, Jack, you you startle. You have your. You go to look down and grab your derringer, and as you as soon as you look up, the guy is gone. Holy shit, Richie! I mean, holy shit, Sam! Richie's Richie's gone down like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, at this point in time, Trixie and Sam catch up, and they see Richie on the floor and Jack looking terrified, holding his gun. Jack, Jack, put that, put that away, Richie. I, and I, 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 be, I bend over to kind of check on Richie. Is he breathing? Is he okay? He's fine, but he's just, he's fainted. I just kind of like shakily look at the the rest of the group, and be like, "You, you won't believe what we just saw." <laughs> We need to get downstairs and then get the hell out of here. Let's go get Richie put up somewhere. We can put his feet up on a couch downstairs or something. Big Jared, grab, grab his feet. No, Big Jared's gone. 
All right, so I'll put my gun away and I'll kind of help you uh, get get Richie up off the ground. I'm still a little shaking myself, but I'm in better shape than Richie is. All right, I'll take his shoulders. That way, you know, I don't drop you drop his head. But you take his feet. We'll get him down the stairs. All right, so we'll start to kind of carry him out of the room. All right, as you're yeah, doing don't that. Don't drop his head. Corey. Sorry, what? Okay, the rest of you do the mute thing. This is just Big Jer. Oh, you mean you want us to take our earphones off? Yes, this is just Big Jer. So Big Jer, you are uh, looking around and uh, heading downstairs, feeling completely unnerved. Uh, when uh, you notice somebody kind of is staring at you from in the crowd. Okay. Uh, what does he look like? Is Do I recognize him? No, he's just a dude. Okay. Um, I will, you know, I'll keep an eye on him and I'll kind of continue going down, you know, go back to the, you know, bar, have one more drink. You know, I'm like, this is just crazy. Why? Yeah, you do that and, uh, you suddenly feel kind of strange as you're taking a drink. And uh, you happen to look up after you've kind of finished your drink and rubbed your head, and uh, you notice the music has shifted. It's kind of more mournful. And then you notice something else about the dancing guests. All of them seem to be... uh, dead and mutilated horribly. I mean, there are women that have had their intestines ripped out. There are people who have eyeballs hanging out of one socket. There are people that have been riddled with bullets. There are people with massive gashes across their body. And this is what you see. Um, They're just stuck dumb for five seconds and nobody seems to have noticed you yet. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm like, look over there. Uh, I'm going to go to the room with the horn, Mm -hmm. and I am going to see if it's still there. You do that. You do that, and uh, while you do that, you take a sanity. Okay. Because uh, there's dead people just dancing around. No, it's happening I, I, again. No, yeah, I, t- I totally understand that. I'm just saying I want to make sure that the horn is not there. And if it is, if it's gone, mm-hmm. I am going to get the fuck out. I mean, like, not, and I mean, I'll literally leave. I don't care about the other. I'm leaving because I know what will happen if... That happens. All right. Well, the horn is still there. And, uh, yeah, the horn's still there. You come to go look back out at the room, and it's all back to normal. There's nothing wrong. People see you looking kind of shocked, scared, and this this woman comes to you and says, are, are, are you all right? I say... 
I think I think I had a little bit too much to drink, you know. Mm. It's been a while since I had some, so. Well, maybe you should be a little more careful of what you have to drink, Big Chair. And you see her smile, and there's something wrong with her. Her teeth are sharp, and she blinks, and her eyes are pitch black. And then as soon as you blink, she's gone. Roll sanity, please. I fail. You fail? Yep. Uh, take four. Okay. After that, you know... I am gonna I'm gonna leave the building. You go to leave the building and uh you notice that the door is locked. It's locked? Yeah, the front door is locked. Then you feel a hand on your shoulder. It's Scrivener. Is something wrong? Uh, sorry, Scrivener. I just I just need some air. All right, well, there should be a door in the back if you'd like to step outside. Yeah, sorry, it's just, you know, you're throwing an awesome party and all. It's just, you know, I just need, I just need to get some, you know, fresh air because, you know, it's kind of hot in here. You need to sober up? All right. All right. So he starts bringing you out towards the back, and then the rest of you can... All right, so the rest of you get uh, the fainted Richie into a room for him to rest. And uh, you head back downstairs to go leave. When you see uh, Big Jer kind of trying the door, Scrivener getting his attention and talking to him and leading him off somewhere. And, and I'll kind of look at the group and go, Scrivener was just up here with us. What the hell is he doing down there? What do you mean Mr. Scrivener was up here with us? Why would he be up here with us? Yeah. Scrivener, Scrivener was the guy in the hood. There was nobody in that room, Jack. I'm telling you well, right now. Well, that is where we saw the guy go. Did he slip out when uh, Richie fell? I'm no, you did not see him leave. I'm telling you, the guy took his hood down. We chased him into that room, and it was Scrivener, and then he disappeared. There is something weird going on here. Is, is Scrivener leading Big Jer towards the uh, like the, the big gallery room down there? Yeah, towards that area. Oh, uh, do we do we got uh, Richie set up somewhere decent? Yeah, he is in a bedroom. Uh, I say we go get Big Jer. Maybe he he uh, he doesn't know we're ready to leave. Uh, but I think we need to get Big Jer and get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I can. I think we should tell Mr. Scrivener too. There's some creepo running around his house. Uh, I don't know if it's our place, but if you feel strongly about it, we can do it. Yeah, that creepo is him. I'm still freaking out. All right. So I've got Sam on this side. I've got Jack on this side. And we're just going to shove our way right through the crowd. Get the f- 
fuck out of our way. All right. Pixie does her. All right, you uh, head on that way, and you do catch up with uh, Jaren. Jaren, is like, okay, I'm going to go grab the key from the other room. Stay right here. And he uh, he goes and leaves. What's and up, Big Jer? I think we want to leave. This is crazy here. Uh, yeah, I want to leave too, but apparently the front doors are locked. Well, we'll go out the back door and around the house. That's but uh, what what's, Scrivener wanted to show you? He was just sending me to the back to get out, to, to leave. All right. Well, if he thinks that's that's the best door to go out, let's just grab, let's grab Riching and let Jack know and get get the hell out of here. I don't well, want to. I don't want Well, you're kind of in here. You suddenly hear like the sound cut out completely. You hear nothing. You hear nobody. Can we hear each other? No. You guys can hear absolutely nothing. But there is a moment. I need you all to roll sanity real quick. And if you fail, thumbs up. Okay. You almost hear a heartbeat for a second. It's your heartbeat. And then the sound comes back. All about. You have no idea. It's like I lost my hearing for a second. Did you guys lose your hearing? Yes, I, I did. And honestly, ugh, it's it's horrible in here. I'm with uh, Sam's earlier suggestion. I think it's time to get the hell out of here. We got to grab Richie and go. All right, well, I'll wait here. Big J, you need to go with uh, with Jack upstairs to get Richie. Wake didn't him up. We get him, didn't we get Richie downstairs? No, you left him on a bed upstairs. Yeah, he's on a bed upstairs alone. Save Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Just go um, get him. So you know I will what? make my way hurriedly back up the stairs. I'll wait here with Sam and look at the creepy mask. I'm not... I'm not going upstairs. But you're I, the strong one. You got to go upstairs. No, Trixie. Oh, don't be a wimp. Come on. You got to go upstairs. Jack, uh, we, don't, we don't have time to goof around. Your things aren't right. Can you can you uh, just kind of bite down and get up there and help me get him down here? Well, I'm not. I don't want to go upstairs. Um, oh. I'm almost to the point where... Well, do you want me to go up there and just fling him over my shoulder and bring him down? I don't. Yeah, think tiny yeah, little Trixie. Yeah, why don't you do that, Trixie? But seriously, he's Jared's not listening to anybody right now. Are you, actually, are you, Jared? Are you a man or a mouse? Jack's actually a pretty big, strong guy. I mean, I probably could carry Richie. Okay. Well, all right. I guess if Sam has to go up there and help you, but. I'll keep. I'll go with you if you want. 
No, I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get them and just try and literally throw them over my shoulder, <laughs> fireman carry style, and try and get them out of here. All you right, I'll make, I'll make sure out. Big Joe doesn't wander off again. Yeah, you guys hash that out. I need you to take off your headphones, except for Richie. Except for Richie, Sam, headphones. I'm so having Richie, sweet dreams about Ma's cooking. You are having sweet dreams about Ma's cooking. When suddenly, eventually, it kind of dims and goes black. And then you eventually realize that you've woken up. And you go to sit up, but <laughs> you hit your head on something. You're lying down, you go to sit up. You're in an enclosed space. Ma? No response from Ma, but you suddenly realize that you're in a coffin. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm trapped. I'm in a coffin uh, hearing only the sounds of the world's loudest keyboard. <laughs> yes, only the sound of But uh, you are absolutely frightened. Suddenly, the lid opens. You're saved. At least you think you are, but... Then your eyes fall on your saviors. About five man, men in garb like those of Egypt with blackened, faceless masks on. Not even eye holes can be seen. They look to almost cling to their faces, rendering them without identity, totally. You're about to protest when they roughly grab you and bind you with rope to a nearby post, yelling oh. in a language you don't understand. Oh, what's going, fellas, what's going on here? I knew this was going to be one of those kind of weird parties. Your surroundings now are something like an Egyptian tomb, albeit one with walls covered in designs that the Egyptians would have found blasphemous. The whole, there's a whole wall dedicated to a faceless pharaoh-like figure dominating the people of the land with an iron fist. And it, it, it so, so, why you got this place set up like King Tut's tomb? I mean, there's another showing a hideous tentacle-headed beast devouring Ra alive before drinking the entire Nile. And then one of the men begins chanting, and you recognize only one word he says. Yarlathotep. The horror hits you all at once. And you suddenly realize something is very wrong. You scream and the men react. First they pry your mouth open and you feel a knife, rusted and coated in dried blood, slice your tongue free in one quick agonizing motion. Blood wells in your throat, and you plead with them to stop as they continue, slicing into the rest of your flesh and slowly removing your intestines, your heart, your lungs, your stomach, almost everything, preserving them in jars and placing them in the coffin they just pulled you from. Pain shreds through your body, driving you mad with terror and agony. You wonder how the hell you're even alive, and yet the worst is still to come. Around your body, they begin to wrap linens, linens staining red with your blood, and you panic. You realize they're sacrificing you, sentencing you to the most awful sort of slow death imaginable. You wail in fear as the post is wrenched free from the ground, and you're carried back to the coffin once more. Not like this. Dear God, you don't want to die like this. You feel yourself dropped into the coffin and then crawling. Crawling all over, biting you 
biting you, biting you. The scarabs burrow into your flesh, and you hear the coffin lid slowly slide closed, sealing your fate. You're going to die, slowly, painfully. And you swear to God you just heard someone, or something dark, laugh madly, wildly, and coldly at your newfound torment. A voice that sounds all too familiar. You awaken shrieking, Richie. Roll sanity for me. Fail. Hmm. That's the worst dream I ever had. Three. Three sanity, please. How are you doing? 18. Mm Hmm. All right. So I'm pretty sure you've taken your fifth by now. So could you do well, me? I'll fix it all at once when I passed out. Oh, true. So true. I'm still. You're I'm you're incredibly out. shaken. You are screaming and crying. The gun has found its way into your hand. You can't mm. bear any of this. You feel. Uh. You swear that there's no way out of this. You, you swear this is torture designed to destroy you. I don't want to go out like this. You feel a hand on your shoulder. Who's that? You look up. It is Scrivener, but something's up. I'm shooting. You go to shoot him? Yep. All right. Roll for your shotgun or your handgun. Uh, pass. Okay, roll for your damage. Eight. Okay, yeah. You shoot him, you aim for the head, and you blast him in the head. He, he looks shocked for about five seconds. Then he stumbles, falls back, and falls dead. Well, well oh. Oh, shit, what did I just do? Good question, because uh, as you go to check, you uh, lean over. Is he really dead? He can't be dead. You, you didn't you, just uh, shoot him, did you? You okay, Bartleby? Oh, no, he doesn't wake up. Oh, shit. But you do see something kind of moving under the skin of his chest. You can see it kind of moving. It kind of up his throat. And I say, ah, fuck it. And I just uh, unload with the rest of my shots. You unload, and it's about this point, as you unload, uh, the body splits open. There's this black substance that starts oozing from the body. And uh, a multitude of uh, blackish tentacles start creeping out of the body pulling itself forward, pulling something much, much larger and should have been able to fit in there. No reaction to the gunshots? Oh, no, no reaction at all. But you do hear a voice. It's Scrivener's voice. At least you thought it was Scrivener's voice. (laughs) Very, very stupid of you, Richie. You hear this almost in your head. 
Very stupid. But you've served your purpose well enough. I believe it's time for your final reward. And, uh... It's crawling towards me? Oh, yes. It's crawling chaotically towards you. It's massive. It's something that is almost... God, you can't place it. It is this ever-changing, nebulous thing. Faceless, almost mindless, moving with single-minded determination towards you. Reaching out for you. I mean, yeah, I'm coming to I'm coming to I'm coming to join your pops. And then I'm just gonna run toward like I'm gonna drop my gun. By now I'd probably be out of shots. Oh yeah. To, you're probably you're out of sanity at this point too. I mean, seeing yeah. this thing come forth is pretty awful. I mean, you could roll sanity if you really wanted to. Yeah. I, I'm completely insane. I'm just gonna throw my at this point, just throw myself at it to try and just attack with everything. You do parts. that. You do that, and uh it doesn't even hit. It wraps a tentacle around you, and it squeezes until it pops you like a grape. You are dead. And I squeeze out just in my, in my last breath, just one last, oh. Yep. Okay. Sam. <laughs> Milking the cow over there. You all hear a gunshot from upstairs in the gallery. Is this after uh, they've gone to go get Richie? Yeah, as you're going to get Richie, you hear a gunshot from the gallery, followed by several more. And then you run upstairs and you find uh, Richie Tortellini lying dead on the floor, as if savaged. What in the hell? Everybody roll sanity. He had the best meatballs in the whole city. I guess I have to roll sanity. You don't want to, but... Oh, I pass anyway. 12 is an extreme success. All right. Just regular success. I thought Jer stayed downstairs. But whoever's there, doesn't matter. But, uh... You you see Richie has is has died, unfortunately. Did he shoot himself? Creature. No. He almost looks like he's been popped like a grape. What? All right, I'm getting the hell out of here. It's time to go. <laughs> and as you are uh, seeing this, you hear a noise from a closet nearby. Sounds like a whimper. Don't care. Yeah. You don't Lock care. Let's get out of here. Nope. Let's go. I care. I'm gonna pull out my gun and look in the closet. All right. Sam and I are halfway down the stairs. Jack. Okay, you guys are halfway <laughs> down the stairs. Jack, you open up the closet and you see. Well, you see a man. Stripped entirely of his skin, bound and gagged in the closet, somehow alive. And on the wall, there is a message written in the guy's blood as he looks to you in absolute fear and horror. And it says, he took my skin. 
All right. Well, I'm going to do my best not to throw up. <laughs> and I guess I'll make another sanity roll for that. Yeah. Uh, 32, that is a pass. Oh. Take one. Okay. Um, I will back away from the uh, back away from the closet and I guess take off back down the stairs after my uh, my comrades. Well, as you go to do that, you uh, you uh, back into someone. Okay, I will. Are sort we enjoying of... the party, Jack? Scribner, what the fuck is going on here? There's nothing going on here. Everything is going exactly as planned. My my buddy's dead on the floor. Is some guy fucked up in your closet? What the fuck is happening? You owe me some answers, and I'll point my my derringer at him. I owe you some answers. Are you sure you want the answers? Yeah, I'm fucking sure. Clearly, something something really strange is going on here, and I need to know what. Very well. I suppose the masquerade is ended. It was fun while it lasted. You call this fucking fun? Oh, of course. You you the uh, something is kind of off about his skin now, very off. Like it's almost slipping a little. Like it's too big for him, or maybe too small for him. Then he uh. He's now gotten himself in between you and the staircase. And, uh, he blinks once. And you see his eyes have gone pitch black. And he just kind of smiles at you. I do appreciate you bringing my trumpet back to me, but I suppose you've served your purpose, haven't you? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You said you just wanted that the trumpet for your collection. I mean, what the hell does it mean to you? I don't know. I misplaced it, you might say. Look, you know what? I don't even care anymore. I'm getting the hell out of here. Get the fuck out of my way. Oh, I don't think that's going to be happening, Jack. Not anytime soon, anyway. You see, I brought you here for a purpose. And that was to clean up loose ends. And of course, provide myself a bit of amusement in the process. Look, we did the job for you. It's time to let me and my friends go. And I'm getting out that door one way or another. So you're either going to step the fuck out of the way, or I'm going to open fire. If you think it will help, by all means, attempt to leave. And he steps back. And meanwhile, you, you catch up with the rest of the group. And you've made it down to the front door. The front door is unlocked now. We're in New York already. We, we. <laughs> well, you're not in New York because you open the door and um, you see nothing but endless stars. Uh, a void of endless stars. Isn't that pretty? <laughs> and uh, you hear something in the background. Almost like a thin whining flute noise. 
in a drum beat, echoing your heartbeat. You see this, and you know you're not dreaming. You're awake. There's uh, no way this can be happening. I slam the door closed and reopen it. Same thing. <sighs> I believe it was Big Jared who mentioned that something weird was going on here. Yeah, I did. And that, uh, that, that music, it seems so familiar. Is it Let the Sun Shine? <laughs> no, Tom, god damn. So, so, so was strange piping. <laughs> Jack was talking to Scrivener. Did we hear Jack and Scrivener talking in the room there? No, because you ran downstairs. What door is it? That, this is the front door? This is the front door. He's up on the second floor. Uh, time to go to the back door. You go to the back door. Same thing. I got an idea. Let's go shoot that damn mask. Shoot the mask? Yeah, I don't know why, but I think the mask has something to do with it. Okay. All this black magic shit that's going on. You know what? I might, it might I might get myself, you know, in big trouble for this, but I'm gonna break. I'm gonna go back into the room with the horn, and I'm gonna break the glass on the ho- of the horn. And I'm gonna pick it up and see what's gonna happen. Okay, Big Jerry, you go up to go do that, and uh, yeah, yeah, roll strength to open the case. I pass. All right. How well do you pass? Uh, by five. Okay. You uh, go to open up the case, and you take you take the nearest object and you smash the case open. And as you do that, and go to pick up the horn, you feel a sudden jolt of power moving and up your arms and you find it sounds like an electrical shock you can't let go of this horn but you start feeling as if years are draining from you decades and you look down you can see yourself actually aging rapidly and then starting to kind of shrivel and crumble and become dust. And as you watch this in horror, you hear Scrivener behind you and he goes, You know, I try I did tell you that they were specially alarmed. A shame. I was hoping you'd be smarter than that. I suppose I'm wrong. That is the last thing you hear, Big Jer, before you crumble into dust and die. The rest of you, you're running towards where now? The back door or? Well, we can't get to the front door or the back door, so we're going into the gallery and I'm going to shoot that damn mask. I'm All like, right. I'm like, oh my God, nobody puts chair in a little tiny box on the floor. Nice. So then you see, <laughs> you all see this happen to uh, Jer. I need you all to roll sanity. 
Now he's little chair. Oh, yes. I sailed that one. I got twenty. Sailed that one too. I'm hey. apparently got a got a, a will of steel. Trixie has a will of steel. She'll Sam. be the only one that survives this. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Sam. You see this. It's pretty horrific, so uh ooh, take four. How is your Sandy at this point? That's a total of five that I've lost tonight. Indeed. Good. You see this and you just start fucking panicking. You you start like like you can't stop screaming. I can't rationalize this shit anymore. No, this should not be. Scrivener looks up at you, and at this point, his eyes are black, completely black. And he smiles, and he's, he says nothing, but uh, you almost start seeing his form shift. And he starts kind of like, as he does, he starts kind of like tearing the skin off of his body. And underneath is a completely different person, but it's another person you recognize. It's that dark-skinned man you've been seeing. It's that, that, that man in the red suit that seems to have been showing up every time something went awry. And you realize this, and it suddenly clicks. They're all the same person, or the same being. Scrivener was never Scrivener. And that means... The man that Jack found in that closet was the real Scrivener. We never saw the guy in the in the closet. No, but Jack did. So, so this kind of all clicks for me all at once. Yes, I, okay. it clicks for you all at once. Bang! I'm shooting the mask. Did you roll for your handgun? Oh. I'm standing right in front of it. Mm-hmm. It's not moving. Uh, oh, eight. Yes, I hit All it. right. All right. Dead that shot, does a good amount of damage. It chips off part of the mask, one of the eyes. And then you, you suddenly see Scrivener, not Scrivener, turn and glare at you, Trixie. I'll fire again. You do it again. If I see him getting that reaction, I, I'm going to unload with the uh, the nine that I've got in my jacket. Got 45. All right. Well, yeah, you keep shooting it, Trixie. It does a little more damage this time. It dents it like it's like a metal. It doesn't really chip it. But suddenly, Scrivener not Scrivener gets extremely angry. He gives an inhuman shriek. And his arm kind of warps itself into a mass of black tentacles, shoots out at you, grabs you, and starts to squeeze. Ow. He starts pulling you. Watch the mink coat. Towards <laughs> you're not right. even doing that at this point. At this point, you're just screaming, because holy shit, this guy's arm just turned into tentacles. And he's pulling um, you towards him. I'm assuming my Derringer's still out. I'm going to try and aim a shot at uh, the extended tentacle arm somewhere in the middle. Okay. Okay. Shoot the mask! I would not do that if I were you, Jack. Yeah, I did say I was I was putting three bullets into the 
into that mask with a nine. Yeah, you do that. Do you want me to roll that? Sure. Uh, two regular passes, and my last roll was an ot four. I don't know if that qualifies for anything special. If it matters. Okay. Yeah. Um, you actually do manage to to blast a hole in the metal. And at this point, Scrivener has pulled Trixie to him, and he's glaring at Trixie and glaring at you. He goes, do you really think shooting that mask is going to do anything to me? Uh, no, she's the brains of the group. I was just doing what she said. Oh, I'm well aware, Richie. You've done your jobs admirably, but you are becoming a thorn in my side. Good. <laughs> Although it did amuse me, you never caught on, did you? Not once. Caught on to what? You paid well. I did. Not that it matters now. That mask won't destroy me. If you destroy it, I cannot be destroyed. You cannot destroy a god. I'm not trying to destroy you. I'm trying to piss you off. Well, you have succeeded in that regard. And you're a beautiful woman, Trixie. It's a shame. But if you continue your actions, I'll have to destroy you entirely. And I'm is this... I'm going to spit in his face. <laughs> You're going to spit in his face? Yeah. Okay. You do that. So, uh, Scrivener just kind of blinks. Scrivener, are you saying there's a way out of this, this uh, uh, situation here? Oh, there isn't. Oh. So spit in his face. <laughs> you do that. And, I, uh, shoot, I shoot one of these big glass windows then. Okay. Well, you're doing that. Uh, Scrivener's head morphs into a massive, bloody red tongue, surrounded by teeth, and he kind of wraps a tongue around you, Trixie, pulls you into the maw and eats you in one bite, and Trixie is dead. Sam, you see this, and since you had feelings for Trixie, I need you to roll sanity. Uh, that's a fail. 91. Oh, God. <laughs> It's not critical. I'm gonna say yeah. after after this, since uh, you saw him transform, he starts transforming the rest of the way, and uh, I need you to take 95 sanity. You are so distraught and horrified at this ever shifting creature that starts coming out and, and shifting from Scrivener's form and just ate Trixie that you can't rationalize it. Your last thought you remember as you start to turn the gun on yourself, weeping in fear, is you realize everything you've been hearing and seeing, it all clicks for you. You know in your madness this creature's name, this god's name. His name is Nyarlathotep. And then, with a single bullet, you end your life and you are dead. Okay. I believe there is one more person left. 
The lone survivor. The lone survivor, Jack. And I do still need you to roll sanity, by the way. Can do. Uh, that is a three. Holy fucking shit! I don't know how you made <laughs> Nerves of steel. Let the dice fall where me they may. Take three sanity. Okay. I still lost a lot. I mean, I think that's... You think did. You're at this point off. just kind of shaking and laughing hysterically, staring at this monstrous creature as it howls in any human insane glee. And you come to the same conclusion that Sam did earlier. You realize who this is. It all clicks for you. The trumpet, the glyphs, everything. You pretty much lose track of time at that point. When you come to, you are in a jail cell. And you have been kind of handcuffed to the wall. The police are kind of looking you over. You at first think it's a dream, then you realize, no. No, that couldn't be a dream. It was too real, too visceral. You can't shake the memories from your head. It haunts you, almost. The police kind of look look you over. And you hear the officers kind of murmuring to themselves. You can't. You can't bring the courage to talk. You almost are too afraid to talk lest Nyarlathotep hear you. Surely he can hear you, can't she? Even now. And uh, you hear the officers talk to each other. So you say you found him in the old mansion up on the hill over there. Yeah, he was curled up, holding his gun, and just sobbing and sobbing. I mean, the gun was empty. He'd spent every last bullet. There were around four corpses we found, all of them dead. They all seemed to be notorious criminals. We ran the background check. Three men and a woman. They were almost savaged. It's incredible. And of course, he's not, he's not talking, is he? No, he hasn't been talking since he woke up. We think he might be shocked. Well, we can't, we've run the background check, and at this point, if we can't get his take on things, we could jail him. We can't jail him, we don't have much evidence. We have four bodies! I should point out, he kept saying, he did keep saying one thing when we first saw him, and then he went silent. Yeah, what was that? He kept murmuring, there is no rest at the judgment place. There is no rest at the judgment place. And that is going to be the end. Nice. Mm-hmm. Woo. Richie won. I mean, uh, J- Jack won. <laughs> well, really, Insane, but he won. Really, uh, Wayne won at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> He's the only one not in prison or dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Richard's last thought was, I know I should have took that trip. Or insane or dead, because Josh is, Jack is insane by now. Let's, let's face it. I hope that crab dip was worth it. Seriously. It was amazing crab dip. (laughs) (laughs) Only the finest crabs caught from the finest seas going Mr. Scrivener's dip. We were probably eating like stale rat shit from the corners of the room and didn't know it, you know. Well, it would be a Nyar thing to do. Yeah. All right. All right. Very Our cool. players included Corey Heisted, Kurt LeBlanc, uh, Josh Hook, and Fred Carter with Jen Coulter as the Keeper of the Secrets. Yesterday I announced uh, a new patron named Craig Carter. At the time that I did this, I didn't realize that the comp- contribution was actually made by both uh, Craig and his brother Neil. So thank you Craig and Neil for your contributions. Uh, We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.